Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the halfling race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. Christian, we've I've I've voiced my concerns about races that are small and Dwarf just put me in my place. And even Gnome had some interesting things. So I have high hopes for the halflings. Yeah, get that? Did you see that there? High hopes. <laughs> you, should said, you should have said tall hopes, honestly. Can you redo that one? <laughs> All right, edit You know, edit at this. We're going to put that back. We're going to do it again. No, I'm flawless. Never have to edit me. <laughs> Not once. I oh. think halflings are interesting because, like, they don't have a really strong identity in Pathfinder, like, dwarves have the whole, you know, they don't have, halflings don't have a stereotype as far as I'm aware, you know, dwarves have the whole, they're alcoholic, stoic kind of people. In this world, they haven't thrown any rings of power into volcanoes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, the only stereotype they got is hairy big feet, and being short, which doesn't really tell you much about them. A feet fetish, and you like bears, that might be a thing for you. (laughs) I can't really, I I feel like that combo might not be a lot of the population. And what? like elves have the hoity-toity stereotype, and and gnomes have the flamboyant stereotype, but there really is nothing like that. I feel for the halflings, the, the Pathfinder kind of says like they're they're the opposite of the halflings of J.R. Tolkien's world. They have wanderlust. They love going around, and but it's like they're gonna have to do something here to to make them separate from the gnomes, which are pretty much the same appearance uh, size wise. But uh, we, we, I like to see what's different. We gotta remember the gnomes. If you guys didn't listen to the episode, they're very a lot of uh, blessed with the spirit of the fae, and they have a lot of magical nature like that. Let's see what's happening with the halflings. Let's talk about how they look. As we talked about, they're short. Halflings rise to a humble height of three feet. They prefer to walk barefoot, leading the bottoms of their feet to become roughly calloused. Tufts of thick curly hair warm the tops of their broad, tanned feet. That's a lot of description for feet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Their skin tends toward a rich cinnamon color. Ooh, I like that. And their hair towards light shades of brown. A halfling's ears are pointed, but proportionately not much long, larger than those of a human. Halflings prefer simple and modest clothing, though willing and able to dress up if the situation demands it. Their racial urge to remain quietly in the background makes them rather conservative dressers in most situations. Halfling entertainers, on the other hand, make their livings by drawing attention and tend to go overboard with gaudy and flashy costumes. Okay, listen here, Paizo. Let's we need to have a talk, you and I here. You're pre- this is like this is what I need them to write when I write about when I have to describe myself. I'm like, oh, I'm the average Caucasian. I'm the white cis male, Caucasian. Uh, I have brown hair and brown eyes. I'm pretty lame. But they're like, no, no. You have tufts of hair, dark, rich brown. I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I need them to write my description here. Let's talk about uh, how tall they are. We kind of forget this about other races, but they're two feet eight inches. For the males, two feet six inches. For the females, I assume and that's base, and then like you add to that, because that's definitely too small. Okay, sure, I believe you. <laughs> Their base weight then is thirty pounds, twenty-five for the female. Oh yes, there's a modifier, so it's two feet eight inches plus two d four inches. Gotcha. So a minimum of uh, three feet, maximum of. Gotcha. Oh God, no inches go by twelves. No, don't Eight. don't no don't do math on the fly, Christian. Just guys, you do that at home. You guys are smart. Let three me tell foot you four, maximum of three foot four. I, I feel think. like we've now messed up the ones we did do the height with. We didn't mention their modifiers, so look at that. Our our past episodes are soiled now. They're soiled. 
But uh, I don't think people come here to see what their heights are. So let's go on to the next thing, which is their ages, which I'm sure you've all come here to find out. Uh, the halfling is 20 years old as an adult for the uh, for a basis. Humans are 15 years old for an adult. So slightly, the hip puberty is slightly after humans. And they're still shorter than them, so <laughs> their whole lives. <laughs> humans, uh, 35 years old, they become... Humans are middle-aged at 35, halflings at 50. Old at 53 for humans, 75 for the halfling. 70 years old, humans are venerable, 100 years old for the halfling. The maximum age of a human is 70 plus 2d20 years. For the halfling, it's 100 plus 5d20 years. They wow, be up to okay. 200 years old. Okay, so they're older than humans. That's interesting. I, I don't know. Nothing in their, like, physiology kind of suggests this hardiness about them, like their ability to live long, but I guess that's just, like, magic and stuff. Right. But I don't think they're far enough from the human age group to really consider them very different. Like, they're pretty close for the most part. Yep. I think the closest is the half-orc, which is actually a little bit less than the human. The only one's less than the human, but they are rather uh, close. But let's get into what makes the, stat-wise, the halfling the halfling. Some about their ability score racial traits. Halflings are nimble and strong-willed, but their small stature makes them weaker than other races. Plus two dex, plus two charisma, minus two strength. So you're not going to see, see a lot of halflings and full plate mail run at people. <laughs> if you want that, go for dwarf. This is our second small race. As a small race, halflings get a plus one size bonus to their AC, to their attack rolls, a plus four size bonus on stealth checks, and they take a minus one penalty to their combat maneuver bonus and defense. The plus four to stealth is actually really awesome. Yeah, especially they have the plus two to dexterity, which goes along with stealth. If you use something with a class skill and stealth, your stealth can really go up high. They have slow speed as their base speed. They have a speed of 20 feet. This is less than the medium creatures, which can only have a speed of 30 feet. And unlike the dwarves, this can be reduced with armor. So you really don't want to get armor here unless you have something to make up for that speed loss. Something like a barbarian is the only thing I can think of to offset it because monks don't wear armor. <laughs> what is this going to be like Yoda, where like a barbarian halfling running around jumping doing flips? <laughs> As for languages, halflings begin play speaking both common and halfling. If you have a high intelligence score, you could choose from dwarven, elven, gnome, and goblin. That's the I think it's the shortest extra languages list we've seen yet. Yeah, it all makes sense though. Goblins just like, hey, you're short too. I'm gonna learn your language. <laughs> I don't think goblins would learn their language though. I actually, we actually will get to goblins in the future, guys. Maybe that'll be one small race. I'm already excited about that as a small race, but that's in the future. Let's talk about right now some of their racial traits. Uh, halfling have fearless. They receive a plus two racial bonus on all saving throws against fear. This stacks with the bonus granted by halfling luck. What is halfling luck, Christian? That is halflings receive a plus one racial bonus on all saving throws. These are two awesome traits. Fear is the most annoying thing. It One save, failed save, you're basically knocked out of a fight. Your character's still Oh, what's still this? Intact. You're running away. Not only are you sitting there, you're running away for four rounds. So it'll take eight rounds to get back here. If you are if you are a halfling fighter, you're going to get a lot of saves against fear. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's one reason maybe they can throw on the armor. Fighters can help offset the uh, reduced speed because of armor training. And then getting a plus one bonus on all your saving throws is always a good thing. They are sure-footed. They receive a plus-two racial bonus on acrobatics and climb checks. That's okay. Yeah, uh, the climb one helps offset their low strength, and the acrobatics one goes along with their high dexterity. 
Uh, halflings have weapon familiarity. They are proficient with slings, which is a simple weapon anyway, and treat any weapon with the word halfling in its name as a martial weapon. I might have been mixing up the gnome and halfling weapons in the gnome episode. They Halflings might actually have the hand glove sling thing. I think you might be right. But uh, this is another one with the gnomes where there's few and far between halfling weapons. The only one I can think of is the hand scoop sling and the... I think halflings get a battle ladder. Like, literally a ladder you bring into <laughs> a fight and hit people with. I would like to see this now. <laughs> they have keen senses, which get a plus two racial bonus on perception checks. We've seen this in other races before. And that's it. Halflings don't get a lot. But they do have some of those alternate racial traits, right? Oh yeah, of course. Why don't we go over them? The first one we have is adaptable luck, and this replaces halfling luck, which was the plus one bonus on all saving throws, so this better be good. Yeah. Three times per day, a halfling can get a plus two luck bonus on an ability check, attack roll, saving throw, or skill check. If halflings choose to use this ability before they make the roller check, they gain the full plus two bonus. If they choose to do so afterward, they only gain a plus one bonus. Using adaptive luck in this way is not an action. Uh, I think this is equitable. I like this. Definitely. Uh, three, especially because you have the option to do it before or after. If you know you just missed it by one, right. you can just use this. And three times per day, is that's really good. I believe that a lot of the feats we'll be seeing actually have to do with adaptable luck. This is one of the uh, alternate racial traits that has a lot of feats associated with it. This is something that the theme, we were talking about a theme for these guys, is they're supposed to be very lucky for some reason. Luck is supposed to actually be like a thing that exists that they take advantage of. I'm pretty sure in the Pathfinder universe there is a goddess of luck that is a halfling and she is a very common halfling deity. Patron. Whatever. It's talking about craven. You get very hungry at a lot of times. Never take this Never take this at all. Uh, halflings with this racial trait gain a plus one bonus on initiative checks. Awesome. Attack rolls when flanking. Okay, pretty cool. Usually get a plus two, now you get a plus three. Minus two penalty on saves against fear effects and gain no benefit from morale bonuses on such saves. When affected by a fear effect, their base speed increases by 10, and they gain a plus one dodge bonus to armor's class. This replaces fearless and halfling luck. This is one of those few give-and-take traits that I think is very interesting. Definitely. This is obviously befitting of a roguish character. The bonus to initiative, the bonus to flanking. This is something that really benefits a rogue, I feel, or some type of flanky, roguey character. I like the idea that it's like, oh, I, I, I don't, I can't, like not be afraid but when i'm afraid i run a pretty quick let me just say that right now <laughs> which can suck if you're if you are subject to a fear effect that makes you running away you're running away even faster <laughs> next we have fleet of foot halflings with this racial trait move at normal speed and have a base speed of 30 feet this replaces both the slow speed trait and sure-footed which was the plus two to acrobatics and climb i take this on a heartbeat yeah um also we'll be talking about the feats there's a feat that allows you to basically take both of these um, it, it is a bit of a trade-off, but I think I would take this most of the time. Definitely. Just the 20 to 20 or maybe even 15-foot move speed is just crippling. Ingratiating. Halflings with this racial trait get a plus-two bonus on skill checks for a single perform skill of their choice, and, and perform is always a class skill for them. They also gain a plus-two bonus on craft and profession checks. This replaces keen senses and sure-footed. Hey, question for you, Christian. It's a bard. Aren't perform skills already a racial... They are, but getting the plus 20... I mean a class skill, not a racial skill. I'm sorry, class skill. Yes. So, so the, why the would class I get skill, this? I'd only want this if I was a bard, and I already have it. Because the plus 2 on the performance check as a bard 
you have to remember that it's also going to two other skills because of versatile performance. You get a plus two to your performance sing, and that also transfers over to a plus two to your like diplomacy and a plus two to your sense motive or something like that. And you're also getting craft and profession. Okay, fine. I'll give up the two to perception to get <laughs> these, I guess. But I guess this is also if you just want to be, you don't want to put any feats into it, but you want to have your backstory, maybe I play guitar. You can take this. Mm-hmm. Next, we have low blow. Halflings with this Oh, every time trait. I make fun of your nose, I think I'm activating this. <laughs> Caleb with this racial trait get the plus one bonus on insult checks against Christian. <laughs> uh, halflings with this racial trait getting a plus one bonus on critical confirmation rolls against opponents larger than themselves. This replaces keen senses. Uh, uh no. <laughs> I, I like the idea that you pretty much are almost always going to be fighting larger things than you. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's I'd rather have the perception, personally. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't make fun of the person who did pick this. Right, I wouldn't either. It's but one of the still, few ways you can add to your crit roll. I, I just feel like it wouldn't come up enough. You'd have to have a high crit weapon and have it to be like, oh, the plus one's really going to make a huge difference when I do it. I guess like a swashbuckler might take this. They crit a lot. Outrider! Oh, I was gonna make. I was gonna do a whole thing about, uh, you know, uh, crossfire. Yeah, basically when you crossfire, you know that old <laughs> commercial. But I just couldn't think fast enough to make up lyrics because I'm not very clever. Outrider. We're all thankful for that. <laughs> I get plus two bonus on handle animal and ride checks. This replaces sure-footed. I would take this totally if I wanted to have a horse or something like that. Yep. Uh, the halfling riding a dog cavalier is actually a really common build, and this would go right along oh, with that. Interesting. Interesting. Next, we have Polyglot. Never Halflings with word. this trait get a plus two racial bonus on linguistic checks. Halflings with this racial trait gain a plus two racial bonus on linguistics checks, and it is always a class skill for them. They also begin play with the ability to speak common, halfling, and any one other language of their choice except for secret languages, in addition to the bonus languages due to high intelligence. They also gain the normal list of halfling bonus languages. This replaces both keen senses and alters their language racial trait. Okay. I mean, keen senses for more language, better linguistics. I think that's a fine trade-off if you're doing it. Well, you just get one more language, right, though, right? Basically, you get a plus two linguistic checks, it's a class skill, and you get another language. Mm. It does pale in comparison to a lot of the other racial traits that are like, every time you put a skill point in linguistics, you get another language. Yeah, that one, one is one of my favorite racial traits of all time. I feel like this one's a little bit more realistic because I really don't like that trait. Yeah. I don't like someone walking around being like, I speak every language. I like that a lot. I think it's weird because, like... I don't I, care I, if it's I, weird. I, it's broken, and I love it. <laughs> Practicality. Halflings get a plus two bonus on any one craft or profession skill, as well as on sense motive checks and saves against illusions. This replaces fearless and sure-footed. Pretty comparable trade-offs for both of those. A plus two to two different things. Three different things, actually. Oh, excuse me, too. A plus two against illusions. Uh, yeah, yeah. Instead, instead I, still, of I think I like the other one better, but if you did pick this, it wouldn't be imbalanced or anything. I'd like it. That, that seems to be our theme so far with the halfling. Like, there's nothing wrong with picking this. Just uh, probably wouldn't. <laughs> uh, next, we have shiftless. This replaces sure-footed. Halflings have a reputation for larceny and guile. They yeah, do? They do. Okay. <laughs> And sometimes it's well-deserved. Yeah, it is. Half, halflings with this racial trait gain a plus two racial bonus on bluff and sleight of hand checks. And sleight of hand is always a class skill for them. This replaces sure-footed. <laughs> this is the weird thing where if I'm a character who has bluff and sleight of hand, I probably also want acrobatics because that's like a roguish kind of character. So it's a weird trade-off. I think like the other one uh, with the, the music one, 
I think this is allows you to not have to pick a rogue. Like if you're a rogue, you probably wouldn't pick this. But if you wanted to have a little bit, this little little bit of flavor for rogue in there, you can do it. So if you want a bit flavor of bard, you pick that other one. You can play guitar or something. Here, just pick a little flavor of bard or, or street magician. You know, you can do a couple little like ledger main or this or that. I, I kind of like it. It does give you sleight of hand as a class skill, which is something that's really hard to get as a class skill because I think only like rogues and investigators get it. So that is pretty neat. I actually really like that now that you mention it. Swift as shadows. Halflings with this racial trait reduce the penalty for using stealth while moving by five, and reduce the stealth check penalty by, for sniping by ten. This replaces sure-footed sniping. What's, what's that? It's when you shoot someone with an arrow and then hide. Oh. Like I a like a Skyrim this. Oblivion kind of stealth. Mm -hmm. Um. So the normal penalties stealth for moving. I think it, that might only be a minus five. It might be a minus ten. I forget which. But I know the stealth check penalty for sniping is a minus 20. So you're only taking a minus 10, which makes sniping possible. Right. Um, so I really like that. If you're someone who's going to be doing those things, that is actually a really good trait and something that's hard to get otherwise. Definitely. And to mention, with the new Unchained Rogue, I think with the skill unlock stealth, you can reduce the penalty for sniping by 10 as well, so you can actually very easily get no mm -hmm. penalty for sniping, which is kind of broken when you think about it. I want to make some guy using, like, a rifle. I want him to be able to snipe. <laughs> Gotta figure that one out. What was that? Bang! Gosh darn it! <laughs> hey, listen, it echoes loud. Snipers do exist. Next we have Underfoot, and this replaces Halfling Luck, so it better be good. Halflings with this racial trait gain a plus one dodge bonus to AC against foes larger than themselves, and a plus one bonus on reflex saving throws to avoid trample attacks. When, when, have you ever used a trample attack, Caleb? I don't think so. I'm, well, I, I think, uh, with mount to be of horse or something like that. I don't think I have ever used it, so that one's weird, but the, a plus one dodge bonus to AC against basically everyone, because you very, I'm gonna say you fight more medium-sized creatures than not. I agree. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, but I think the saving throws, personally, are more important across the board. Wanderlust. This is where you're really attracted to the main character from Shadow of the Colossus and trying to feel him up, and he's like, no, I don't want this. And you're like, I don't care. I have Wanderlust. What am I supposed to do? Agro! Uh, Wanderlust <laughs> is you get plus two bonus on knowledge, geography, and survival checks. When casting spells or using abilities that provide or enhance movement, halflings treat their caster levels plus one higher than normal, this replaces fearless and halfling luck. Very interesting, especially if you're gonna if you do want to have your movement a lot. I mean, you're gonna need increased movement as a halfling, and if you're a caster doing it, I would consider this. Otherwise, not. Yeah, definitely the plus one higher caster level that could be really important for stuff that lasts an hour a level, or even ten minutes a level. Last, we have war slinger, and this replaces sure-footed. Halflings with this racial trait can reload a sling as a free action. Normally, it is a move action. Reloading a sling still requires two hands and provokes attacks of opportunities. This replaces Shrub. Um, I think I actually made... Halflings have a lot of feats and a lot of racial traits. Excuse me, not racial traits, like favorite class bonuses, I think, mm. that go along with using slings. So a halfling that uses a sling is potentially viable, and this helps a lot with it. So you don't have to take the rapid reload feat. Now, like the other classes, there's racial subtypes where they kind of give you a theme and then tell you what alternate racial traits I've picked to fit that theme. There's Avenging, Nomadic, and Slaveborn. You can look them up on your own time if those interest you. So unlike any of the other races, with the exception of, I think, Low Blow, none of these are, like, really bad. These are all things that you could definitely pick and they'll be viable. And I think that's really, that's something that we haven't seen yet. There is three racial archetypes. There is the Community Guardian, 
which is a oracle archetype. Fletcher? Fletcher? Filcher. The rogue Filcher. one. And underfoot adept, which is a monk one. A little a little monk. A little monk. Hitting around. Just step stepping on your toes. <laughs> Stop that. Hey, 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 hey. Quit, hey, hey, hey. Quit it. And with the advanced race guide also came out one for the Cavalier called Order of the Paw. And that sounds adorable. Oh, that's not a that's an actual order that only halflings can take. That's the one I was talking about where you ride on a dog. Or a wolf. Oh, okay. So that's not that's not an archetype? No, it's a it's an order that only halflings can take. Gotcha. Alright, cool. Well there's that for the Cavalier. Take that, Cavaliers. Hi, I'm Caleb. And I'm Dom. And I'm David, and we're a part of the Trailblazers podcast. What is Trailblazers, you're asking yourself right now? Well, our podcast is difficult to describe. Yeah, it's kind of like a Senate meeting, except with less filibusters and more rolling for initiative. It's like going to the movies, except instead of watching professional actors create compelling storylines, you're listening to a bunch of guys just pretending to be professional actors. It's sort of like going skiing with your friends, if your friends are able to cast spells, wield swords, and there was no skiing involved. It's like going to court, but with less arguing and... Wait, no. There's probably about the same amount of arguing. It's like going to the bank, but instead of tellers behind the windows, it's just three guys role-playing. So if any of that sounds good to you, then you'll love our actual play podcast where we get together and play the Pathfinder role-playing game. We'd love to have you guys join us every Tuesday right here on the Trailblazer Network. Hope to see you there. So wait, it's just a couple of guys playing Dungeons & Dragons? No, 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 are you crazy? It's called Pathfinder. What, are you trying to get us sued? Now let's get to the racial feats. This is where the feats that you can pick only if you're a halfling. Everybody else can sod off. Adaptive fortune. You need to... Oh, wait. Fortune one. Is, that's part of a train. Yeah, where's fortune one? What that start out with? Uh, all right, let's start out. We'll start out with a feat chain. Fortunate one. I ain't no fortunate one. You cannot enjoy the Rolling Stones if you pick this one. <laughs> I really should... Wow, I hope so hard that's by the Rolling Stones. If not, I'm going to get just destroyed. Uh, with emails and tweets. Alright, so, fortunate one. The number of times, you need to have the adaptable luck racial trait, and the number of times per day you can use the adaptable luck racial trait increases by one. Okay. Normally it was uh, three times per day, now it's four times per day. I like it, I like it. Yeah. I I, I probably, if if I wasn't starving for feats, I'd pick it. And if, you know, you're a fighter, I I feel like halflings go really well with fighter from what we've seen so far. Which is funny. You have the spare feats to take for stuff like this. So this is part of a little two-feet chain. <laughs> uh, the next... <laughs> the next step of this like two-foot chain... The joke was so good to you that you laughed yourself. <laughs> the next step of this chain is uh, adaptive fortune, and this requires you to have the fortunate one feet, and you need to be at least 10th level. Increase the number of times you can use adaptable luck racial trait by one. Furthermore, when you use adaptable luck, increase the luck bonus for each type of use by two. Ooh. Wow. That's five uses per day at plus four each on, like, basically any G20 roll. That's pretty... I think that's really good. Plus three if you uh, use it after the fact. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. I, I'm liking the feats. So we only done two of them, but I like them. All right, let's talk about, let's talk about Cautious Fighter, another feat chain. When fighting defensively or using total defense, your dodge bonus to AC increases by two. That doesn't sound like a lot, but this is, first of all, it's part of a chain, and second of all, there's that little rule that's really easy to forget where when you get three ranks in acrobatics, 
your bonus to fighting defensively and total defense goes up for some reason. So I think this gives you, using total defense, a total of plus 8 to your AC, which is kind of ridiculous. The next feat in this chain is called Blundering Defense. Whenever you fight defensively or use the total defense action, allies gain a luck bonus to AC and combat maneuver defense equal to half the dodge bonus you gain from whatever action you took. Allies only gain this bonus when they are adjacent to you. That's a... It's definitely not as good. A branch off of this feat chain. All you need is Cautious Fighter for this one. And it'd be a B of 1. Thanks, Paizo. Uh, once per day, you can make a single melee attack. I'm sorry, it's called Desperate Swing. Once per day, you can make a single melee attack while taking the total defense action. Take a minus 4 penalty on attack rolls making this attack. You also gain plus 4 bonus on critical confirmation rolls. Maybe while fighting defensively or making an attack of opportunity using this feat. Still not interested. So if you decide to take Desperate Swing, there is another feat that follows that in a little chain. Uh, it requires Desperate Swing, Cautious Fighter, and 6 BAB. Once per day when fighting defensively or making an attack of opportunity while taking the total, while taking the total defense action with the Desperate Swing feat, you take no penalty on the attack roll. Mm, it would be okay if be... this was just one feat. The fact that it's three is ridiculous. Yeah, even if it was just one feat, I would maybe not con I'd have to consider taking it since it's two I'm still like um not really uncanny defense comes off of just cautious fighter and you need a BAB of three while fighting defensively you're taking the total defense action you gain a bonus on your reflex saving throws to your CMD and to your CMD equal to one half the dodge bonus to AC you gain from taking that action all of these are trash uh I don't think that one's so bad I do especially because it takes two so we're looking at, you know, without anything else, except the three ranks in acrobatics, we're going to assume we have. Um, fighting defensively gives you a plus four, so that gives you a plus two bonus to your reflex saving throws, and a plus two to your CMD to offset you being small. I don't think that's so bad. Well, I do. So there. So the next feat we have is childlike. This requires you to have 13 charisma. You can take a 10 on bluff checks to convince others you are telling the truth, so long as your story makes you appear innocent. You gain a plus two bonus on disguise skill checks to pose as a human child and ignore the check penalties for disguising yourself as a different race and age category while doing so. Just make sure you wear shoes with your big dumb feet. <laughs> uh, you look like Sora. Dude, if this was a trait, it'd be interesting, but it's I'm not doing a feat just to get this story background. Yeah. Again, if you're a fighter and have the stuff to spare, but you're still probably not like, oh yeah, disguise, let me do that. Courageous resolve. You need the craven racial trait or the fearless racial trait. If you have the Fearless Racial Trait, your racial bonus on saving throws against fear effects increases to plus 4. If you have the Craven Racial Trait, you still take the minus 2 penalty on fear saves, but you gain the benefit of morale bonuses on saving throws against fear effects. That's counterintuitive, because you want to be afraid so you can move faster and get the dodge bonus to AC. I don't like it. Yeah, again, I don't... I don't think... That, why not just take Iron Will? That'll give you plus 2 to all your saving throws, not just fear saving throws. Yep. Does this have a chain perhaps is there something after courageous no. resolve all right definitely not taking it then no more chains next we have improved low blow and this requires the low blow racial trait which is the one i didn't really like and you need to have four bab your bonus to confirm critical hits against opponents larger than yourself improves to plus two yay <laughs> furthermore once per day after you fail to hit with a critical confirmation roll you can re-roll the critical confirmation roll but you must take the new result even if it's worse still lame. I think there's there's other ways that you can do the reroll. I forget what they are, but I'm sure they're better than this. 
Lucky Halfling. Once per day, when you are, when one of your allies within 30 feet makes a saving throw, you may roll the same saving throw as if you were the one subject to the effect requiring it. You may use this ability after your ally has rolled, but before the GM declares if the roll was a success or failure, your ally may choose to use your saving throw in place of his own. That is cool, especially if you've really beefed up one of your saving throws. Yeah, like, uh, suppose your barbarian has a really low will saving throw and you just happen to be a class that has a really high one. You get to save his butt once per day. Next, we have Lucky Healer, and this requires you to take the Adaptable Luck racial trait. When a magical healing effect cures you, you can spend one use of your Adaptable Luck racial trait to re-roll the amount of damage cured. You regain a number of hit points equal to the new roll or the original roll, whichever is greater. Other creatures sealed by the effect do not gain this benefit. That is terrible. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather use that for a plus two on whatever... To avoid whatever hurt me. Lucky Strike, you need a BAB of 5. And the Adaptive Luck Racial Trait. Spend a use of your Adaptive Luck Racial Trait to reroll the damage from a single weapon attack. You deal damage equal to the new damage roll or the original roll, whichever is greater. Interesting. I mean, this will help if you like you do a lot of damage and you rolled like a 1 and you're like, oh, come on. I've got a, two, I got, I got a, a D8 here. Most of the time, your weapon damage isn't coming from the damage dice. It's usually coming from the plus whatever. Right. So I don't. I wouldn't value this very high, especially because you're a small race that uses small weapons with tiny hit dice. Or damage dice, I should say. So I'm definitely not a fan of that one. Next, we have Pass for Human. We've seen this before with the half-elf and half-orc. You gain a plus 10 bonus to disguise checks to disguise yourself as human. You do not receive the penalty for disguising yourself as a member of another race when you do so. In areas largely populated or settled by humans, you can take a 10 on your disguise check, meaning most people assume you are a human unless given a reason to think otherwise. Uh, halfling may take this feat, but must have the childlike feat as a prerequisite. Nope. Ooh. Ooh. Never mind. We talked about this was good if you were really... Not good, but it was acceptable if you were really doing like a, a campaign where this could really come into use. Two feats is not worth blowing out on it. No, not at all. I mean, people, I guess, assume now you're an adult human, but is if only in a campaign where it's so important that people assume you're an adult human, would I ever take this? Yeah. I guess you're passing that you have dwarfism. But listen, if you do take both feats, you can be that uh, dwarf from Game of Thrones. I don't know his name because I don't watch the show, but I know people like him. So you could be liked. Do you want to be liked, Christian? I want to be liked. We got our pop culture references down. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> was People excellent. like Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quick, Christian, we need to study up on all the all, all the all the current crazes and culture so we can get more listeners. But what about Daenerys Targaryen? Yeah. Hey, listen. That's a reference, guys. Hodor, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear a little story? I'm sure you don't. But I'm gonna tell you anyway. I uh, I had a friend who liked Game of Thrones, and I uh, went to Comic Con, New York. And Hodor was there. The, of course, the actor, uh, he did not come to life out of the pages and then come to Comic-Con of all places. <laughs> and I got his signature just to just to give to her. And I had no care for who he was. And I felt awkward talking to him. I felt like I should know you and should feel happy about seeing you, but I don't at all. It's like if I saw somebody like, oh, I don't know. Like Adam West was there and it was like super cool seeing Adam West there. Oh, guys, side story off the side story. Adam West was there, and you know who else was there? George Clooney, who played Batman in the the one with the Riddler uh, and the one with Mr. Freeze. And let me Batman tell you something. Unlimited? Huh? Batman, like, Unlimited or something like that? No, 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 the TV show, the, the, the movies. And 
everyone hated his, that that portrayal. They said that it was too goofy, too silly, too campy. But you know what? At a panel, he apologized in person to Adam West. And Adam West's response? You don't have to apologize. You made Batman funny again. You made him appeal to kids again. That's the way I played Batman. He actually liked his portrayal of it because it was goofy and funny like the way his was on the TV show. That was a moment, guys. Let me just say, that was a moment. Did people cry? Anyone cry? Did you cry? I didn't cry. No, I would never admit that I cried. I mean, I didn't cry. <laughs> Away from Comic-Con and back to Pathfinder, let's talk about Risky Striker. This is where you're that guy from X-Men who uh, did all that stuff to Wolverine. It was very risky, and it didn't turn out well for him because Wolverine did escape. But, you know, hey, Risky Striker. You don't know who Striker is, do you? Not a clue. I didn't watch a single X-Men movie. <laughs> He's really Gene cool. Gray. More references. <laughs> We like our pop culture. Magneto. (laughs) Gravity squeeze. Anyway, Risky Striker, you just need a BAB of 1. You can choose to take a minus 1 penalty to AC to gain a plus 2 bonus on melee damage rolls against creatures 2 or more size categories larger than you. When your BAB reaches plus 4 and every 4 levels thereafter, the penalty increases by minus 1 and the damage increases by 2. The bonus damage is multiplied in case of a critical hit. You can choose to use this feat when you declare that you're making attack action or full attack action with a main weapon. This effect lasts until your next turn. Um, I, mm, so larger, bigger creatures. Oh, that's a tough one. So what you're telling me is that against large and larger creatures, this is power attack, but without a penalty to my attack roll? Hell yes, I'm taking this every time I'm a martial halfling. This is an amazing How often feat. you fight larger things, though? I mean, you've got to really be... Counting if you're that. in the Giant Slayer AP, well, okay, odd. fine, all right. I would say a good 40, 30 to 40% of the enemies we fight are probably large in the campaigns but I play. it's like, hey, larger. I'm going to do more damage to this large guy, but I'm going to have less AC. Oh, by the way, large guys do incredible amounts of damage. But Here, if you remember, large me. guys also have incredibly high attack rolls, and they're probably going to hit you anyway, honestly. You know what? I hope that in one of your games you take this, and then you get hit by one, and you were hit by one point. If you had one more AC, it would have missed you. I hope that happens to you, sir. I mean, what if you're, suppose you're a barbarian? They don't care about their AC anyway. There's a lot of barbarian builds that are like, I don't care about my AC. I'm just going to hit this guy, and it's going to die. Look at all my DR. That would go perfectly with that. <laughs> Next, we have Sure and Fleet. In order to take this feat, you need the Fleet of Foot Racial Trait, which is the one that gave you the 30-foot move speed, but you lost your plus two bonus to acrobatics and climb checks. Hey, you get your plus two bonus to acrobatics and climb checks back for this feat. It's a feat for a trait. Why not just take skill focus or one of the equivalents? I mean, I'm still taking taking Fleet of Foot, personally. I just don't feel like this is necessary. Well prepared. Our final one. I appreciate you guys coming with us all the way to the end here. It's been a blast. Once per day, when confronted with a situation that calls for a particular mundane item of equipment, you may make a sleight of hand check with a DC of 10 plus the item's cost and gold pieces to happen. Can't wait to do this math to have such an item on your person. For example, having a crowbar would be DC 12, whereas a flask of acid would be DC 20. The item must be something you can easily carry. If you're on foot and have a backpack, for example, you cannot have a large iron cauldron. You cannot have magical items using this feat, nor can you have specific items such as the key to a particular door. (laughs) If you're stripped of your equipment or possessions, you lose the benefits of the feat until have at least a day to resupply and acquire new items. You must pay for these items normally. This is interesting, actually. This is one of the coolest feats I can think of. 
there's actually a prestige class. It's called Pathfinder Chronicler, whose like entire basis is doing this, except with they can also do magic items. But doing this with mundane stuff is super cool, and I'm sure pumping your sleight of hand isn't that difficult to get whatever you want. And it even has a note here, at the GM's option, you can substitute survival skill for the sleight of hand instead, if that's just better for your class. But you know what? If you're doing what I do in most of my all my campaigns and, and some of the campaigns I play where you do the cost of living where it's like you pay 100 gold and you can just you can just have anything that's 10 gold or less something like that I'm not sure that's the exact numbers I mean you're essentially already having this feat so if you're doing that don't pick this but otherwise it's very interesting and I would consider it if I had the feat to burn there is a prestige class called halfling opportunist that is available for the halfling we will talk about it later way later Guys, that's it for the Halfling. What are our feelings on the Halfling, Christian? I just want to take a quick look at the Halfling weapons before we make our final judgment. Okay. Uh, is, that really gonna, is that really, really going to swing you one way or yes. the other? <laughs> what if they have, like, something really cool? So what I got, because I, I think I got a few more supplements than you. I got the Halfling Rope Shot. I got the Halfling Sling Staff. I got the Halfling Stitched Sling. And I got the halfling double sling. Double sling. That's like a. That's basically fighting people with devil sticks from the 90s at that point. Alright, so yeah, none of those are worth mentioning whatsoever. They have nothing interesting. Mechanically, I think halflings are cool. Like I said, all the alternate racial traits were very comparable, and I would. I would take the vast majority of them under certain circumstances. Their feats, most of them were pretty good. There were some dead weight ones there, but, you know, a good option. But they didn't solve my problem I have with the halflings, which is their flavor, their origin. I just, I still don't have the idea of, like, what encompasses halfling culture, which I guess isn't always the job of the racial page, but, like, we got a lot of that with the half-orc. Like, mm-hmm. we got the idea that half-orcs were angry, and they're very hardy and hard to kill, and we got the idea that but elves Christian, are wise these guys are lucky. Yeah, that's all we really get with them, and, and that's, you know what? that's my big problem with the half Spoiler for our next episode, humans, humans have more awesome lucky feats than halflings do. So that's my problem with halflings. When I make, like, a, any other race, like, I have a stereotype basis to start from and branch off of. This, I don't really have a very concrete idea of what really is a halfling, flavor-wise. I agree with you, uh, for once. And I, I'm not interested. They didn't sway me. They swayed me with the dwarves, kind of swayed me with the gnomes. I will never play a halfling. There's nothing here that just... Even mechanically, like, oh, great, I'll just take that one thing because that thing is so awesome mechanically. Nothing here is, is interesting me enough to ever, ever have me play them. Ever. Of all time. I'm disappointed that they're a core race because I have no interest in ever using them. Even in my homebrew games, I think I've mentioned them once in three years. <laughs> so, no thanks. Don't like them. I will say, though, if you are going to build and use them, they aren't, like, weak or anything. They got some sound mechanics to them, so... Definitely, like, they they are very strong, like, in a lot of different classes. Their stat distribution is good, their racial traits are good. Just like I said, it's just, like, you're really just doing it for the stats, unless, like, you're in a homebrew campaign that has uh, halfling culture fleshed out a little bit better. I've had to do that before in my homebrew campaigns, and that's a, I find it more difficult with the halflings again, because they're just tiny humans, essentially. Now, I'm gonna make a correction for you guys. Uh, 
we've mentioned in the past that stay for extra credit. We're going to go over the flavor class options. Uh, we've decided not to do that um, because that's just stuff you can really look up. So sorry about that. I don't know if you're really interested in hearing that. I'm assuming you weren't. I'm assuming that was going to be very low attendance classes, but um, we're not going to be doing that. They're, they're very easy to look up. Just look up online. Pathfinder, Halfling, favorite class options, and boom, it's right there. Maybe one day we'll go over, like, the really important ones. Right. You know, maybe maybe we'll do that in our 300 series advanced topics. Just some interesting, we'll call it something like interesting favorite class options, something like that. But thank you all for listening to this episode. Next is our human episode, the last of our core race. And in my opinion, one of the most powerful or most interesting. Because, man, guys, we're humans. Come on. We're selfish. We're like, yeah, we got to be the best. But There's a baseline for everything. Yeah. Uh, listen, when you compare to age, you compare to humans. Am I right, guys? So I will see you guys in the next episode, the next class. I hope to see you all in attendance. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. make love to my wife tonight. Oh, well, um, uh, next time I'll, uh... You know, I don't even know if I love her anymore. I don't really know her. Like, what am I gonna do? Someone should tell Jacob that people change, and it takes effort to stay connected with someone. But in the meantime, the fellows at Tales from the Lich always stay connected through gaming and friendship. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com Hey, uh, happy Valentine's Day.